Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Thanos to Theos, a podcast for youth and student workers committed to reaching teens with the gospel, featuring conversations ranging from comics and culture to theology and youth ministry. We're part of the Rooted Family of Podcasts, which also includes Ask Alice, the Rooted Parent Podcast, and the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast. And we love to be part of this organization of Rooted because of their central focus on gospel-centered youth ministry uh, and their commitment to reaching and equipping both teens, but especially youth workers and parents uh, with theologically deep ministry and gospel-centeredness. So if you want to learn more, please check out the website, www.rootedministry.com. Welcome to this episode of Thanos to Theos. This, my friends, is a Clark-free episode (laughs) because Clark has decided for (laughs) finally we have you know what we've gotten rid of Clark (laughs) applications are now open to fill his role and um, pray for Clark because (laughs) he and his poor family have been sick for pretty much the last 365 days yes Um, all of 2022 yeah oh man brutal brutal so um, Clark, we miss you. We love you. Um, yes, but you know, we, we need a new host. So send in your <laughs> send in your applications to um, to Clark at That's not an actual email address. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so Kevin, uh, who are you? Uh, this is just going off rails already. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> We're falling is, apart. We need to replace. No, this is going to be this is going to be the best episode ever. Everyone's going to be like, "Wow, this was a wild ride," and I liked it. So, um, Kevin, who are you, and what's happening here? What are we talking about today? Yeah. So we are. Oh, so who am I? Uh, we're we. No, remember Clark always says, "These are my co-hosts." And then oh you're yeah. To oh say, right, right. Okay, let's start over. <laughs> hey, welcome to this episode of Thanos to Theos. I'm your guest host, Mike McGarry. And my I'm co-hosts. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> we can't even do this properly. It just, it doesn't work. The rhythm is all off. I know. Yeah. We're like a cover band. A um, bad. <laughs> a bad cover band. band. Yeah. Even though we are legit the other two hosts. So. Yeah. We are. Yeah. This is, this is how much we need Clark. Um, yeah, so I'm or, Kevin Yee. Or, and, or uh, whoever I else might want to host. That's true. All yeah. you have to be able to do is to make sure that we uh, can start correctly. Yeah, just get us started. We can't. Bad starter. Yeah. Speaking of bad starts, uh, we are going to be talking about uh, the the totality of 2022. So that's our episode wow, for today. that is... Mm-hmm. That's We're going to be talking about every, every significant thing that happened in every single day of 2022. All right, so um, January 1st, 2022. <laughs> what, what, what happened? Weather? The weather was beautiful. Uh, no, we're not doing no. that. So we're talking uh, Marvel. We are going to talk about uh, the, yeah, the MCU and where it took us in 2022. Uh, along with some of the other best or worst uh, things of 2022. Other stuff, too. <laughs> Are there other things that happened no, in 2022? No, there's nothing other than Marvel. Yeah. So uh, we did our rankings, you know, for every single thing uh, that came on the MCU, except for a couple key things. Um, well, not key things, but a couple side things. 
Um, and so we will have some social media posts about that and what our rankings have been all year long. Um, but I thought it'd be good for us to kind of go through some of the things that uh, have been a part of uh, the MCU in 2022, uh, discuss some high points and some low points. Um, so at the beginning of 2022, Spider-Man No Way Home was still in theaters. Right. So right. I still remember in January of last year, I traveled to England uh, for That's a youth right. ministry conference where... Um, I met some amazing new friends and got COVID. Um, <laughs> and the UK variant. Yeah, I got the UK variant. And um, while there, I had a few hours to kill, um, and I went to see Spider-Man No Way Home mm-hmm. in the theaters in mm-hmm. Manchester, England. And so that was one of my early memories. So that was a high point for me. With <laughs> with Marvel in 2022, I know that's kind of silly, but just watching No Way Home um, in Manchester um, didn't you end up seeing it? Out to me, yeah. Didn't you end up seeing it like three or four times in theaters? I saw it three times in the theaters. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I want to say I saw it once in January too. I mean, yeah. honestly, though, there were no other movies to watch. <laughs> it was such a good movie. Yeah. It was worth watching again for sure. Well, the next Marvel movie that came out was Doctor Strange in May. Um. Right. Was that, so was that May? Well, this is what this website that I'm looking at says. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I mean, th- so this year for MCU movies, we got uh, so Spider-Man was in theaters, but it was released in December. Um, we had Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, Thor: Love and Thunder, uh, Wakanda, uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, um, and for Disney Plus series. Uh, we had Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, um, She-Hulk, and right. um, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. And I'm super frustrated. This doesn't even list the Werewolf at Night uh, right. special. Which, right, which <laughs> like, we have not talked why, about. Like it, we have not talked about. Um, one of our uh, hosts may not have even watched it yet. And... I thought that it was wonderful, even though you guys love to tease me for being such a scaredy pants. Yeah. It is ironic that the quote-unquote Halloween horror special is the one that you saw. Yeah. And I don't know if Clark watched it. I have not seen it yet. So it was It was surprisingly it. good. Um, mm. I think it being in black and white <laughs> made probably, it less scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just the uh, occasional flash of red splattering across the screen, um, but it was it was just cheesy enough, you know, that it wasn't like gory and whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was. Uh, I, I'm all in on the special presentations as the new way that they introduce. Um, characters or storylines or whatever. I think there's a lot of promise in there, so I'm super interested in that. And That's I thought true. that was a good way to get it started. That That's and true. The Guardians. That is true. Uh, I do wonder though, is anything from Werewolf by Night going to make its way into the broader MCU? Do you think? Um, what was it? I think I I saw a rumor somewhere that Elsa Moonblood um uh-huh. is going to be. In something. In Blade? Uh, Blade, yeah, that's it. Yeah, in okay. Blade. And yeah. Man-Thing is like, you know, he's like a character and stuff. <laughs> so I, I don't think any of them are going to be like major, like, 
headline characters. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if they started showing up, especially with Marvel doing more and more weird stuff. All right. Well, I want to ask you, and uh, so here's here's the thing. We are going to do a full Phase 4 recap episode. Yeah. Because uh, Phase 4 has taken place over the last two years, and so we'll we'll talk broader about that. So we're just going to isolate our discussion to 2022. But um, let's start with lows, and then let's go to highs then. All right, my low would be Thor: Love and Thunder. <laughs> um, <laughs> just not not because I thought it was a bad movie, um, but because I thought it could have been just an absolute banger. Um, yeah, I I loved that story in the comics. Um, I I thought that the pieces were on the table for it to be absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah, and it just didn't deliver. Yeah. And that was disappointing. So it, it was a low, not because I was like, eh, that's terrible. Never watching that again. Yeah. But it just it just didn't deliver what I wanted it to. Hmm. Interesting. So would you say that that's a lower low than She-Hulk? Yeah, because I was... Mm, okay. Because it's a movie, not a yeah. Disney Plus series. Yeah. And frankly, I don't think anyone was really, I don't know how many people were going into She-Hulk all like, this is going to be amazing. Sure. Um, You know, like people were coming in to Thor Love and Thunder after Ragnarok and after Endgame. And um, it's such a well-known story, the the Gore the God Butcher story. It's such a well-known story. I think it's the whole like, expectation and what's delivered um chart you know yeah yeah and retroactively i do think thor love and thunder has fallen an incredible amount even for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> who, who have you, re- have you re-watched uh, in our, it at all i have and it's fallen even further after oh no watch it doesn't hold up it uh, doesn't hold why up why not the best part of Love and Thunder was the trailer, the very first trailer. Oh, that was such a good trailer. <laughs> it's such a good trailer. Um, I just think tonally it it does not work at all. I think okay, so I saw it in a packed out theater, right? And so mm-hmm. all the the laughs, all those things, like I do think the way you watch a movie does color Oh yeah. The the initial viewing, the right? So yeah. the experience. So, you know, uh in the in the Infinity Stone ranking, I gave it a five, which I, if I had to re-rank this, it would be a two. I, I oh, legit, wow. That low? I think I would take it down so hard. What? Are you serious? After watching it a second time? Oh, yeah. That second watch was Wow. Brutal. I was like, wow. I disagree with, not disagree, but I think the, the change, the choices that were made were wrong. And then just the movie looks so much worse on home video. Uh, um, yeah, so yeah just it. visually speaking. It oh, yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Um, again, and I agree with you. The ideas were great, but just tonally, mm-hmm. the the whole Jane Foster being sick stuff, like I just, uh, I think I didn't like it. Even, you know, I said that was my criticism of the movie, but I was still riding high on the, the theater experience because it was so fun to watch a Thor movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, on... On another rewatch, I would take it down to She-Hulk level. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's that's definitely a low for me. 
All right. So for you, how would you compare um, Love and Thunder with Multiverse of Madness then? So I think that Doctor Strange 2 is a better film than Love and Thunder was, because at least tonally, right? Like, at least in terms of the universe, like where uh, and, and who Doctor Strange is, his character is more consistent all throughout the side stories, the side characters, even even Wanda, right? Like, mm-hmm. as, a, as a villain, like that stuff, I think, is more coherent than what we got in Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, yeah. There's, there's for me no question about it that that movie's got to go down. Which is, and I feel bad for Chris Hemsworth and everyone involved. Yeah. Because yeah, for sure. It should have been amazing, but it just it wasn't. Okay. It's super unfortunate. So, so if those were some lows, what what were some highs for this season? Or for this, uh, season, for the, I yeah. For this year? <laughs> I agree that uh, with everyone saying Wakanda Forever is the best movie of phase uh, this year. Actually, I'm not going to say phase four. I'll reveal that yeah. later. Yeah. Um, uh, I do think that it's the strongest MCU thing this yeah, year. Totally. For sure. Um, I have not had the chance to rewatch it in theaters because I had a choice between Wakanda Forever and Avatar 2. And I decided to watch Avatar 2 as opposed to watch Wakanda Forever again. We'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> uh, you haven't seen Avatar 2 yet, right? I have not. Oh, gosh. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> although i will say in more trouble oh, wait wait, wait. Listeners. All the, after me, all the, you after don't me say anything else look we'll just Andor, yeah look know? we'll just talk about it now we'll just now talk everyone about it now. hates me i will i will say the theater going experience absolutely cover colors that movie for me um, color of blue? Yeah, yes blue very blue blue and teal you know depending on which part of pandora you're on um yeah, Wakanda Forever definitely sticks out. But you know, the thing that's been on my mind the most this year in terms of like what I thought was the best thing, I think it's Moon Knight for me. That's I so loved Miss Marvel too, but I think for whatever reason, when I look back on all the things, I think Moon Knight stands out to me as one of the more, more inventive things that MCU has done. Uh, Character-wise, I really, really want to go back into... Um, Steven and Mark's dichotomy again uh, and their whole thing like I'm interested in it enough where I really want to go back to that Um, and so I would say man it's a toss up for me between Wakanda Forever and Moon Knight being a high high of 2022 I agree with you um, yeah. Yeah. So one of so, my. Well, you know, we agree on things when oh, Clark's man. not here. What, what is that? This happening? <laughs> this never happens. <laughs> we never agree. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think that I, I, I have generally been pretty happy with a lot of the Disney stuff that's been coming out. Even She Hulk, I tried sticking with until the end. Um, you can listen to those episodes and um, I just I don't know how to say it I think Moon Knight had teeth yeah and a lot of other stuff this year has been pretty toothless Mm. um, or maybe baby teeth (laughs) Um, but the issues the complexity without being overthought would just it was just meaningful. Hmm. Um, and that's one of the main things that I really appreciated about Moon Knight is that hmm. it was entertaining. 
Um, it was a meaningful look into like serious mental illness. Um, yeah, I, I thought that it was just really well done. Um, other stuff, there were there were really cool moments that stand out for me. Like even in, in right. She-Hulk, when when Matt Murdock showed up mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and was kicking butt on the top of that parking garage as Daredevil, that was an awesome moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, when Professor X rides in on his hover mm-hmm. hover wheelchair, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, when I forget his name in Miss Marvel is like, yeah, it's a mutation. And then the <laughs> plays in the background. That was pretty like, so there were some really cool moments sprinkled all throughout 2022 mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. But as a whole, um, I, I think Moon Knight surprisingly might be my favorite. Um, along with Black Panther, but I expected Black Panther to be right. what Black Panther was. And it, yeah. it didn't disappoint, which is in and of itself is impressive. Yeah. But yeah. I I don't I had no idea what to expect from Moon Knight. True. And I think my single favorite moment is it I think it's Moon Knight episode five. When the hippo just shows up is like, hello yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that's the end of episode four, and then five is the one where the hippo is leading Mark and uh, Stephen through their yeah. journey together, and yeah. how he came to be the split personality, and how he, how oh yeah yeah Stephen came to create Mark yeah. and, and all that right like that, that episode was... is incredibly powerful from a character standpoint, mm-hmm. but I think that's the one that's kind of stuck with me all year yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of like probably the highest high of Marvel this year this past year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think i think that's it um that uh I, I do agree that there's been a lot of awesome moments from throughout uh the mcu um yes the the fantastic four you know x-men all that stuff that came from dr strange 2 that was incredible especially if you saw it like opening night or opening weekend like mm-hmm. every time that scene comes up, like the way the crowd reacts to that stuff, like, oh, it's so fun. Yeah. So great. Um, I do think that from there's a lot of great moments in Thor Love and Thunder, even if the movie overall is a mess. Uh the screaming goats. Um <laughs> <laughs> I still think favorite. that's yeah, I still think that was hilarious. Um for whatever reason, I did love the Mjolnir versus uh Stormbreaker stuff every time uh Thor would long for Mjolnir, yeah. uh, how Stormbreaker would get jealous. I thought that stuff yeah so the comedy stuff that was great um wakanda forever was amazing i think mainly in the way they handled uh the death of chadwick boseman Uh, but also i love the introduction of namor and um his people the talokanians uh talokans (laughs) i don't what i don't know what the the proper word is yeah the, peop- the people Talokani? of Talokan. Yeah, the people of Talokan. Yeah. I love that intro. I still think one of the, the images that stick with me from that movie is when all the water started pooling up mm. um, in the in, in Wakanda's homes and stuff, in the streets and stuff, when the water yeah. would start flooding, like that. And then the, the just the creepy way they would sing and uh, do their chanting and stuff, and you knew something was going to go down. I, I thought all that stuff was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Guardians holiday special was... So good for the the season. <laughs> yeah. 
it was nice and light. It was totally worth it. And then I loved all the family stuff from Miss Marvel was great. We had a really good episode and discussion about that. It's like the um, only functional family. Right, right. And there weren't like any particular moments that stand out, but just every time uh, Kamala would have these conversations with her parents and all those interactions, I just thought it was such a great positive way um, to, to show how the family dynamics are going to influence her going forward. Yeah. So. Um, and I think, uh, what's her name? The actress, Iman Vellani. I think she's yeah. genuinely a star. And yeah, she's awesome. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how uh, she shows up in the the Marvels, uh, Captain Marvel two movie. Yeah, um, and how that's gonna work out because yeah. I think that's gonna be a fun movie. Yeah, Clark can't wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just gonna roast Clark as many times in this episode as I can. <laughs> Uh, yeah just um <laughs> and and he would do the same if i wasn't yeah here. we we can speak on clark's behalf to say that he did to say he did text us and tell us that wakanda forever is yeah um one of the only so i'm gonna quote okay it's one of the only mcu projects i fully enjoyed in 2022 everything else fell flat at some point is how he describes 2022 um I don't think he's totally wrong, except I do think that Moon Knight had a lot going for it. Yeah. And I really hope, I mean, they haven't announced any follow-ups for any of these series. Uh, we don't know if we're getting She-Hulk season two. We don't know if there's Miss Marvel season two. Uh, we don't know if Moon Knight's getting another season. The only Disney Plus show that we know of that has a second season is Loki. Yeah. Um. So I, I hope that they're able to do another Moon Knight, but given Oscar Isaac's schedule and stuff, I, I just don't know if that's going to be possible. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if there's anything else to, to say about 2022. Um, well, do you want to finish Clark's quote of what, what he shared about this year in entertainment? Uh, okay. So that's what I was going to say. Let's transition to talking about just generally, what are some of the best things that you, watched or experienced in 2022 and uh yeah we'll start with clark clark said andor was the best show of 2022 and he's right i agree everyone <laughs> everyone who sent me text messages saying mike you're wrong clark and kevin are right i agree it's wow see clark not being here I, makes us all agree on i this, repent this kind of stuff i sit in dust you... and ashes and sackcloth <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm in total agreement. Andor is the best thing that I saw last year. There's no question about it. Okay, tell me how you really think. Uh, we've already been through this. I really <laughs> liked it. I don't know. No, if not Andor. What was your? Oh, what was the Andor? best thing that you saw in 2022? Oh. oh gosh, I don't know. I real honestly, like, I really only watch Marvel. Um. <laughs> Am I allowed to say Cobra Kai? Cobra Kai. You are allowed been, to say Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai might have been. You are the allowed best to say Cobra Kai. I watched in 2022. It's just such stupid entertainment <laughs> that is so ridiculously absurd. Can um, I confess something to you? Please do. So, uh, for whatever reason, uh, I, I logged on to uh, YouTube a couple days ago, and there was like a Cobra Kai bloopers thing. And I was like, wait, they have bloopers for Cobra Kai? 
And I fell into a Cobra Kai hole for like an hour and a half. Oh my gosh. Looking for all the bloopers from all, was it five seasons so far? And they're so fun. I, I was genuinely so happy. And it was such a joy (laughs) in the midst of some painful personal things to have an hour and a half to just look at all the cast just doing really silly, funny things. And I was actually really impressed with how they put the fight scenes together. Like, they're they're not using a lot of help. They're doing a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, And I think that's what makes the show good. But Cobra Kai is always, always worth watching. It's just so stupid. This past season got um, a little more outlandish than in previous seasons. I mean, every time you watch that show, <laughs> how can you not just think, like, where are the adults? Like, <laughs> and the adults who are in this movie, who are in the show, are not adults. Like, no. Where no. are the actual adults? And good lord, what are the police doing? <laughs> You're right. Yeah, exactly. Who is allowing this to happen? There's no way. It's chaos in the valley. <laughs> but it's just so fun. Yeah. Which I know people are going to be like, okay, so you can enjoy Cobra Kai, but then you'll have the same criticisms of Star Wars. And again, I expect more from Star Wars than Cobra Kai. The so, Cobra Kai? Yeah. Did they announce they're doing another season? They did, right? I think so. I'm pretty sure there's at least one more. I don't know. I get nervous because Netflix has been canceling stuff left and right. That's true. But it has I, been. I would think yeah. that Cobra Kai has got to be a huge moneymaker for them unless people are demanding more and more money. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's making money for any of these streamers. Yeah. Hard to say. Hard to say. Um, so I thought yeah. that w- I thought Cobra Kai was was really great. Yeah. Um I I did enjoy um Werewolf at Night a lot mm-hmm. just because I was so not expecting it and yeah. frankly watched it fully expecting to hate it and to not finish it because I thought it was going to be like some gory horror movie that I was like eh and I just I, I just really enjoyed it. And then neither of you guys were like <laughs> in it to win it. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. We need to do a Werewolf by Night episode. Yeah, we really should. We should. So I do think I, that that's works. up there just because it came so out of left field. Hmm. Um, Interesting. I watched it while I was tra- while I was traveling. So like I was in a hotel room and had like nothing to do and nowhere to be. So I watched it, and Interesting. it was great. Um, one other, a couple other things I want to mention. Uh, the Lord of the Rings series. If you remember yeah. it, <laughs> I know you no, saw I do. It. I do. We I all guess. saw it because we, we were did. actually going to do an episode on it. So sorry, listeners. Uh, I think Clark we... got sick again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not going to throw anyone under the table, but <laughs> oh, no, me either. Me either. I think so. But, got sick. Uh, but uh, yeah. So I don't know if that's something that we are going to be able to do, but I would love to go back and revisit it. Um, I, I love the series, actually. I thought it was done really, really well. Uh, I know that uh, you know a lot of the hype around 
um, the series had to do with how much money they spent and oh, yeah. how they acquired all of it and whether or not it was going to be any good. I mean, the money is all on the screen. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous looking show. Um, it's very but I haven't seen watch. fantasy in a long time. And yeah, I true. expected to kind of not be so in tune with it. But I actually, I thought the show did a really good job of exploring good versus evil in ways that a lot of other properties aren't as able. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I, we, we, we're we hoping that we can get our act together to do uh, an episode on that. I think it'd be really good. I loved it until I watched a YouTube video comparing... <laughs> Comparing Rings of Power with the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and yeah, they they broke down interesting the the types of storytelling, and mm-hmm. um, they they there were a few different places where they took very similar types of scenes and then compare and contrasted them, and ever since watching that video, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Why you? Why why I do you let YouTubers I I influence know. the way you I don't say? Know, Kevin, <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> I know. I know. If Clark were here, Clark would want us to ma- mention a uh, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, he would. Yeah, I mean, dude, that was a thrill ride. It was, and I took you to the theater, so I'm you shocked did. that you're not like. It was one of the highlights of the year to be able to watch this it, well, movie It was with you one of the highlights and... of my year, but yeah, yeah, not yeah. necessarily because of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just like being together. <laughs> but I don't know. I could care less whether it, or not you were there. I was just glad to it watch was, it again. Oh, wow. Okay. So I enjoyed it because you were there. And you're like, whatever. It, it was very good. It was very entertaining. <sighs> Yeah, no. Like I said, my my favorite part of watching it with you is when halfway you just turned and was like, "So they're just remaking the Star Wars trench run, right?" I yeah, like, pretty I much. But it's awesome, like, so and I'm is here the to trench run with old Air Force jets. Amazing, Got amazing, Got so it. stinking good, so stinking good. Yeah. See, I don't know. know. I've, who says I, I don't know my Star Wars? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know. I mean, I know you're you saying that there was only you really only watch like MCU stuff, but for whatever reason, I feel like there was a ton of great stuff to watch in 2022. Probably because 2020 and 2021, there just wasn't as much stuff because productions were on hiatus because of COVID and stuff. Yeah. But I do think 2022 had some awesome stuff, fun stuff to watch. Yeah. One of the old shows that I started watching and have not yet finished, and I'm kind of just watching it here and there. Is um the Cowboy Bebop anime? Oh, I'd never watched that before, and that was, <laughs> so not the live action. You're actually watching the anime. Yeah, yeah, it's because oh. I've never really watched anime before. Yeah, um, yeah, and that was like surprisingly entertaining. Yeah, Interesting. It's, it's, it's fun. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Um, Have, that was I, one of I, the I'm first animes that I got into. Yeah. 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 It was, was. which was why the live action show ended up being pretty disappointing uh there was too much hype around it yeah and the the was it the title trailer that they released was so good because it was like oh gosh they're gonna capture the the essence of the show and then they ended up making way too many changes yeah so that was unfortunate but oh good i'm glad cowboy bebop is awesome so the music in that show is so good oh the the music is what makes it all the jazz yeah yeah oh Oh, it's super thinking good I, i i love it 
So I was so. thinking good. I'm really shocked to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I actually enjoy it. I, I didn't expect to. I, I wasn't sure. Because I watched when it first came out and you guys were talking about watching the the live action one. I watched the first two episodes and I was like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get what the big deal oh. is. Huh. So. That's fun. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so outside of Marvel, Disney movies, whatnot, um, any anything noteworthy for you in, in terms of, of ministry or just encouragement from 2022 um, to call out and to reflect on? Yeah, I would say... Um... 2022 is, is, was a hard year. It's, it's been a tough, been a tough year, but, um, there's something deeply, deeply. So I'm actually going back and looking at my calendar cause I'm trying to remember what I did in 2022. And, um, I'm realizing that there were just a lot of different places and spaces where I was able to meet with and be with friends from across the country. So, for example, um, I know, Mike, you weren't there, but the Rooted Conference in October uh, is an opportunity for us to get together with people that come to the Rooted Conferences. But just even previous to that October, there were just, I think, almost every single month where there was either somebody in L.A. or we were in a city where there were people that we had met through the Rooted Conference. Um and I just realized that's, I think, one of the ways that the Lord sustained our ministry this year was just keeping us close uh, to ministry friends um, yeah. through various conferences and events. And I think that's that's been the some of the most life-giving stuff this past year. Um, I don't know that I could look back on 2022 fondly if it weren't for um, all of these events that I'm looking back on and thinking, wow, I can't believe that was last year. It felt like a couple years ago, but yeah. um, they were so life-giving. I, I, I'm looking through the calendar and remembering specific conversations and specific ways that uh, the Lord used our friends in ministry to just sustain us, help us process through stuff, be an encouragement. Um, I would hope that, you know, <laughs> um, I was the same way towards others that they would look back on some of those interactions too in that way. But I think I'll just be selfish and say, yeah, uh, God really used all those moments to just help us realize that he's been with us throughout this past year. So yeah. um, I think that's been very, very, very helpful and encouraging even now just to look back on all these places where people have been there for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I, I guess I would say similar of just the, the fellowship with other youth workers from across the country has been really meaningful this year, mm. um, and, um, yeah, I've just through writing and speaking, I've been able to travel more, um, last year and, um, moving forward than, than previously, and, it's just really encouraging to see that there is so much more good, solid gospel centered youth ministry out there than we realize. Mm. But mm. like, what are you supposed to do? Just like start like gospel bragging on yourself on social media. <laughs> like, what do you, how, how are you supposed to like, there's no good way to promote like, Hey, I did this awesome thing. My like, you yeah. know, <laughs> even if it's like, praise be to God. Then it was like, mm, nice humble brag, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so instead, like, we don't. And then what gets attention in the youth ministry world is all the hype that gets criticized for being shallow when there's like, oh, man, there's so much more good, solid youth ministry happening than I think we are often aware of just Mm. because the way that social media and stuff works. So that was really encouraging for me. Um, Another thing for me this year was, um, so this was my last year as a youth pastor, as I prepared to do youth pastor theologian full time. And I'm just super thankful that Mm. I got to lead a missions trip that my son was part of. And that was really meaningful and cool cool to have that experience together um, in my last year. So, yeah, that's that's a highlight that I'll always treasure to have that experience together. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about the transition more in future episodes to come. Um, But, yeah, congratulations on um, what that means for you and uh, the ability for you to be able to talk more about the encouragement that you're seeing from across the country. I do think that it's really important for us to see that there's a lot of good, great youth ministry that's happening. Yeah, there really is. As opposed to always feeling like um, we're, we're alone in yeah. the ways that we do certain things. So I yeah. think that's a huge plus. Yep. And it's like, even if you feel like you're alone in your community, that doesn't mean that mm-hmm. you're actually alone. Yeah. Yeah. And with all the opportunities that we have to be able to connect yeah. with people that yeah. are like-minded, whether it's like cohorts on Zoom or actual like in-person meetups and stuff, mm-hmm. um, I, I would say for any youth pastor or any youth yeah. worker, if you have the opportunity to get involved in those groups, it's a must. I don't, I don't see how we can survive in ministry without mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Well, and just a, a plug for Rooted's mentoring cohorts too like i so wish that when i was new in ministry that was around yes so if you are in your first few years of youth ministry or if you're kind of in in a inflection point in your ministry Mm -hmm. of kind of recalibrating and shifting how you're approaching youth work Mm -hmm. um yeah it could be a really helpful thing for you to jump into absolutely yeah if you go to the rooted website you can find more information on the rooted mentorship for sure so, um, so as you think about um, not just life, right, but as when you think about ministry, um, at least for me, January is, uh, you know, end of December, January is a natural kind of evaluation point. Obviously, it's not the end of the school year type of evaluation, but to kind of look at the ministry and say, is there anything that just needs to be tweaked or recalibrated or kind of just set back on center? Um, so when you think in terms of mid-year evaluations, what does that look like for you? So that's interesting because you had brought up whether or not we should talk about this. And I said, uh, we don't have time to do any evaluation at the end of the year. So let me explain. Let me explain. So uh, our end of the year schedule is 
pretty packed. So what ends up happening is, for our church anyway, we don't do a lot when the kids are in school, when the students are in school, because academics are so important in our community that we have to make sure that they have space to do their tests and study and, and all their extracurricular activities. So what ends up happening is we tend to be fairly busy in the summer. So summer is actually when our ministry ramps up. So for uh, we have you know a lot of stuff that goes on in the summer with summer studies, summer retreat, and those kinds of things in the summer. But in the winter, uh, we all often do winter retreats or winter conferences or other things. And then on top of that, our church has a sort of a Christmas-themed uh, program that we prepare for and practice for. Um, and it's basically like a musical showcase uh, for our church. Uh, a lot of students get involved in that. And then we have at our church a special, actually most Korean churches do a special uh, morning prayer. So morning prayer is um, something that a lot of Asian churches do, but Korean churches in particular um, will meet at 5.30 a.m. in the morning uh, to get together to worship, to listen to a sermon, and to pray together. Um, this is very much a standard feature in Korean churches. And at the beginning of the year, some churches will do one week, two weeks, three weeks. We used to do three weeks uh, in the heyday of our church, but um, the last couple of years we've done two weeks. So it's a two-week special New Year's uh, morning prayer services where most more of the church members are expected to come. We have special guest Monday preachers. through Saturday. And this is Monday through Saturday. Uh, we start at 5.20 a.m. That's so and, intense. Yeah. And the, and the format of the service goes for about an hour to an hour and a half. So we're usually done by around 7 o'clock. Um, and so in preparation for all those things means that December is a very busy month. And things really don't uh, let up until after those special uh, New Year's morning prayers are done. So basically, like until mid-January, end of January, it doesn't feel like you have a lot of breathing space. So even though we actually don't do like special youth ministry meetings, um, youth groups and stuff, uh, we usually cancel those towards the end of December. Um, there's still enough of stuff that the youth ministry is involved in at the church as a whole that makes it so that we, yeah, there's no luxurious time to do any evaluation. It's more like, let's just get to the end of all this. And of course, we're just physically exhausted because, you know, everyone has to wake up at like 4.30, 5 o'clock to get to church. So um, it's pretty intense. Well, and if you think that's intense, um, just think about Ludwig von Zinzendorf's Hearn Hut was a hundred year long <laughs> prayer meeting. So the, <laughs> the entire, yeah, I'm just going to call you Zinzendorf or Hearn Hut from now on. Okay. Oh, hey. oh, goodness. Goodness. Um, um, theology humor. It always, yes, it always delivers. Yeah. Well, so that's let like me ask super, you. so, it's, so yeah, how many students actually attend and participate in this stuff? depends on the year it really depends on the year. some years we've actually had like english speaking services or we'll have translated services this year actually we chose not to so there were very, there weren't that many students that came and the students that came were the only, were the ones that could understand korean because otherwise if yeah. you don't understand korean it's, yeah. it's going to be a really hard service yeah but our youth ministry is leading worship for one of the 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 mornings so um, we're hoping more students will come out for something like that. Yeah. Uh, but generally this year, it wasn't really tuned towards like the last couple of years because of COVID uh, and because uh, LA has had so many winter spikes. 
Um, we just haven't expected as many people, and so we weren't planning on having a lot of families come. Right. But there have been years past where, I mean, our, our sanctuary sit, seats uh, 600, and we've had like 500 show up yeah. uh, wow. at, you know, 5 a.m. That's to, incredible. To have worship together, yeah. That's so. super cool. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. intense. That's neat. Um, so I do want to ask you, because, you know, you asked me, like, so how do you evaluate? What does that look like? Let's, let's um, briefly have a discussion about it because yeah. for me, I'm just saying it's not that I don't do evaluation, but like December to January is not the time for that. <laughs> well, so I don't know. Maybe I'm the only youth pastor who feels like a terrible slacker youth pastor <laughs> around Christmas time, but I'm hoping <laughs> at least that maybe others also feel like slackers and just don't want to publicize it because you feel bad for all the other pastors on staff who are like working like crazy. Um, but like we, we stop holding youth group um, two weeks before Christmas because the Sunday, the two Sundays before Christmas I, I would have like no youth leaders and barely right. any students because of family Christmas parties. Sure. Um, and everything is just so chaotic because uh, we meet on Sunday nights too. So that's a big piece of it. Um, so we don't have youth group starting in like mid December through the end of the school year or through the end of December. And then we start up again. Um, in January. So there, there's a natural break. So it's a natural time to say, Hey, you know, what's, what's working well, uh, what's not working well. Um, what are some, um, issues in our programming or maybe in our, our group culture that needs to be, um, discussed. I also have, uh, for my Sunday school classes, um, we work in semesters, right? So um, you know, finalizing the new curriculum for uh, January through the end of the school year. Uh, this year, that also means introducing some new teachers uh, because one mm. of the classes, um, the people who who could teach the middle school class could only teach through December, but they couldn't commit to the second right. half of the year. So then it's, you know, finalizing who's going to be teaching that class and walking them through the process and, um, you know, making sure they are comfortable with the curriculum and expectations and, and all that. So it's kind of just a, um, it's not a restructuring time unless there's something like super <laughs> urgent or crisis that's like broken and needs to be yeah. fixed. Yeah. Uh, but kind of just looking around and saying, okay, so what needs to be tweaked um, you know, where, where are we? And, um, kind of going from there. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I think traditionally the ways that I've thought about restructuring stuff, the, that for us has always been in the fall. So, cause again, summers are crazy. So we always do go through summer and then fall we launch, but we have those discussions about what do we need to tweak? What do we need to change? in the fall which seems odd because it's and seems then like, when do you enact the change so we never we never do like hard pivot changes anyway um because once you i mean 
once you have a really decent established foundation, you're not making a lot of huge changes. And if you are making huge changes, uh, you need to get a lot of people on board. So that's that's one of the interesting things. So I learned really early on that like, uh, I, I so my personality type is I love change. I get like sick and tired of stuff pretty easily. And so every couple of years, I'm always like, oh, let's blow up this and let's do something else. But I learned pretty quickly, um, people don't like that. Uh, people <laughs> aren't like me. <laughs> And so what's interesting is if you, if we, cause, because we have to do our evaluation, because we don't really slow down until the fall when kids, students are back in school, um, it, we have a lot more discussion about change and stuff. And then usually if there's changes that need to happen structurally, they'll happen with a lot of discussion over the next year. And then we change for the following fall. You know what I mean? It ends up being that sort of is the ways that we handle big changes. Um, smaller changes, I mean, you can make... You know, based off of like, oh, well, for this next series, we're going to change up the format. So that that's customizable. Those kinds of changes happen at any time. Uh, the kind of changes that you're talking about with regards to like some structural changes and stuff. I mean, we could do that. I mean, there is, I think, a natural point in January when you have to kind of taken a break. When you come back in January, you can make some of those changes, too. So I think we've taken advantage of those natural breaks as well uh, to do things like that. So. It hasn't been like super like, oh, that's weird that you guys do a lot of evaluation at that point. Um, yeah. And it's not that we don't do any evaluation in the summer as we head into the fall. I mean, um, that, that there is a transition with volunteers for sure that happens in between that time. So there's some of those changes that need to be made, but those are going to happen every single year no matter what. So that's just stuff that's like we got we got used to. But in terms of like really philosophical or sort of like the big like what really worked, what didn't work, what are things that we want to continue – that kind of thinking, honestly, for us doesn't really happen that well until uh, the middle of the fall. Um, yeah, that's just the shape of the way that it works uh, for our ministry. All right, so hypothetical situation. Um, you're looking at your group, and there's something that you want to change. Um, let's say the, you know, you, you want to change the way that you do small groups or something, right? That mm -hmm. small groups is part of your regular gathering. You want yeah. to restructure how you do small groups, who's leading what small groups, yeah. maybe how long they're meeting or what's the purpose of them and, yeah. and whatnot. So you're not canceling yeah. the small groups are happening and you're not adding the reality of small groups when you don't have right. it, right? You're, you're, you're changing the purpose and structure of small groups. Um, is that something that you would do? Like, how would you, how would you approach that sort of evaluation? What would be your process for making that type of change? Which and, is what I would yeah. consider a bigger change, right? So right. that would happen in the fall because until the fall, we're not able to really sit down and ask those bigger questions of like, what kinds of big structural changes. So those conversations would happen over the fall and then it would be like, okay, let's have this conversation with the core group of leaders and then we move that out into the rest of our volunteers. And I would say things like, we're not going to make these changes immediately, but this is the direction that we're thinking about for next year. And then the more we would talk about it, the more it would usually get more people on board to the idea and then generally we would start to make slow shifts in the following year. Like, so if we decided somewhere in like 
end of September, beginning of October, that we really want to do some philosophical changes to our the way that our small group system works, then we would have and finalize those discussions probably uh, the next year, like around January, February, when we have a little bit more downtime to start really thinking about what that would look like. And then I think we would start recruiting in that direction too and letting our volunteers know since this is the direction that we're going in this gives you an idea as to whether or not you would want to serve for another following year um so that would happen very slowly which is why i think again towards the end of uh, my direct youth ministry career i've been a lot we were a lot more successful with changing things um mm -hmm. because the the change was slower and we had a lot more discussions about it and Usually we're changing things because we see problems with the way things are existing, the, the way things already are. And so once you start to point that out, people naturally begin to be like, oh, yeah, this is why some of these changes would be good mm -hmm. as you're sitting in the old system. Um, so that's that's one of the ways I think that we were pretty successful at, at pivoting our groups. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. That's helpful. Um, so long, long term. Yeah. But I also think like, you know, that kind of thing only comes about when you have a church and a youth pastor that can stick around for that kind of slow change. Right. Right. Yeah. And having that kind of stability and consistency is the only way that kind of stuff can happen. So mm -hmm. yeah. important to keep that in mind. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I, th I think um, steady as much as possible. Um a steady change if you, if you see a change that needs to happen that's kind of bigger or biggish um if you can start making slow steady change in that direction before you turn that ship then it's going to be much easier to not yeah. capsize yeah that and again when more people are able to see why those changes need to take place yeah. the there's just a lot more enthusiasm around it Right. And it's 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 easier to justify when most people see why those changes need to take place. Yeah. And good. it doesn't mean every change will be successful, yep. you know, um, but oftentimes with enough time, you b begin to work out the kinks of what the new system could be just over the course of like, oh, if we did it this way, I don't know how it would work here. And because you've had months to really think about it. um, that process lends itself to self-correcting as yeah. you haven't done the change yet, but are thinking about yeah. it and acting as if it's going to happen right around the corner. That's so, good. yeah. Cool. But the other thing too, and you know this, in, in student ministry, in some way, shape, or form, naturally, when the school year starts, there are shifts and changes that have to take place because every every uh, grade or every like school year that that group of students it changes and they change as they get older mm -hmm. and so I, I feel like that's that's just a natural rhythm to youth ministry that the aspect of change yeah um, and so I do think that youth ministries in particular are, are more prone to being open to new new ideas and being open to change um, but you know, also, as with any church, there are traditional things that like, oh, we're erasing the identity of our youth ministry or whatever if you try to change those things. So if you're a new person coming in and you, you have some changes you want to make, uh, locate the sacred cows and uh, do your best to not change those quickly is what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I would say I would add um, to make the easy changes in the right direction first. Right. So people can see your leadership. 
And yeah. so you can see with an easy situation how people respond yeah. to change before you try changing something big. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm going to ask you uh, another question that's not related to this, but kind of is related to this as we do our 2022 recap. Do you think that there's been any youth ministry trends or overall dynamics over the past year that you think youth workers ought to be thinking about as we start 2023? Oh, gosh. Um, thanks for the heads up on this one. I know, that, I yeah. know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I I still think the big, um, the biggest issue that I hear people talking about is what do we do about uh, transgender mm, um, okay. students? And yeah. asking it that way, it sounds really yeah. sensitive. But um, yeah, how do we meaningfully minister to to students who are questioning their gender identity um, mm -hmm. or those who have already uh, begun to transition how do we support parents yes um, yeah and do we use preferred pronouns or not right. um, if kids want to come to small groups and they're guy girl small groups do we let them choose their group if we're going on a retreat what cabin are they in um, I, I think those are the questions that we're increasingly needing to ask and answer mm -hmm. by necessity rather than being questions that we've kind of thrown out there and seen coming down the pipeline for a couple of years now. They're not new. Right. The, none of those are new questions, but we're actually having to answer them because yeah. now it's in our ministries rather than in other people's ministries. And it's pretty much everyone. So I think that's that's one of the big ones that I see. Yeah. Um, I think that what seemed like a issue on the fringe or maybe in youth ministries that are very large, I think is now knocking at the door of ch churches all across the country. Mm -hmm. So I think that's that's why something like uh, the transgender issue becomes larger and larger um, as we move forward in time because you have more and more families and more and more students being um, affected by this. And so I do think that if you haven't had these conversations in youth ministry already, um, it's crucial that there there be some time spent in 2023 trying to figure out like what is what are our policies as a church and asking those questions and beginning yeah. the conversation if you haven't done so already yeah and it's absolutely a terrifying project because um it's such a sensitive issue and this is absolutely something that um requires a lot of communication and a lot of deep thinking um and there are no one size fit all answers that's the other that's the other part that makes this really really difficult um, every family situation is different every student's family situation is different every uh, church is different in the ways that they handle family ministry versus student ministry um, and so just there there needs to be a lot of people that weigh in on the issue um, I don't think I, I think that if there's a youth ministry where the youth minister is making all the decisions by himself or herself uh, that's a recipe for a lot of trouble. I yeah. think it's going to be really difficult. Um, so I agree with you on that one yeah. for sure. It, it's a lot more work and it's a lot slower 
to navigate those questions with your pastoral staff or elders or deacons or whatever your church structure is. But it is in everyone's best interest to have those conversations at that level rather than you making it decisions as a youth ministry level. And frankly, if if they land on a different solution or answer or posture than what you are comfortable with, then that might legitimately be something that is good to know now. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you on, on that completely. Um, I think 2022 has seen sort of the amplification of a lot of the things that we were seeing in the 2020 and 2021 with regards to mental health stuff, um, with regards to, uh, gun violence, right. Um, school shootings, um, mental health issues, um, suicide, all, all that kind of stuff. I do think that those are things that, um, as youth workers, we have to continue to be diligent about with regards to having, um, really sort of, I would say, um, well thought out, uh, theology, uh, well thought out, uh, answers for students that have questions with regards to that. I think if you have, uh, resources at your church that are outside the youth ministry that are able to help, help you, um, it's crucial that we're partnering with, um, other ministries at our church or other outside ministries to address some of those things. Um, and I think also the, the, the digital discipleship question is still something that a lot of us are wrestling with, um, the explosion of TikTok over the course of the pandemic yeah. and, uh, this past year, especially, I mean, I think it's, it's killed Instagram with Gen Z for sure. Um, and I think it's that, that stuff is stuff that, um, I don't know, like it's hard to quantify the effects um, that that's having on the spiritual formation of our students. But at the same time, if we turn a blind eye to that or act like it's not something that's happening, um, I do think that it renders us slightly less effective in terms of speaking to our students and where they are. Um, so I think those are, those are definitely other things to be mindful of and, yeah. and aware of. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good word. Um, so as we wrap up, I just want to share one more shallow Marvel thing that I forgot to mention. <laughs> that's a highlight. Uh, strong pivot here. Um, I'm one of my highlight. One of my Marvel highlights of the year was the announcement that Wolverine is coming back. <laughs> I'm so excited. I could kind of care less about Deadpool, even though I think Ryan Reynolds is lovely and I love him. I just, yeah, Deadpool. <laughs> Um, but I am so excited about Wolverine. So that that has filled my happy tank. That's hilarious. Yes, that was a big deal when it was announced. So we'll see. We'll see what that ends up looking like. And there's so many questions about how that's going to work, but a lot to look forward to. Yeah, indeed. We do have a lot to look forward to, though, in the coming year. There, there's I mean, a lot coming down. We have a whole refactoring of the DC. Uh, the DCU and whatever that's going to look yeah, like. That's exciting. Um, I think it's 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 a good thing when DC movies are good, and I think it's a bad thing when DC movies are bad. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. in terms of uh, MCU, uh, Ant Man, Quantumania is coming up real soon, and we'll get a really good look at what the rest of Phase Five is going to look like. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. um, as we see what Kang the Conqueror is going to be like. Yeah. 
Um, Loki season two is coming out this year. They haven't really announced the dates for when uh, some of the other Disney Plus stuff is coming. So I have to imagine that there's some surprises um, in in store for the MCU as we move forward too. So we'll see. Oh, it's it's going to be a good. It's going to be a good Marvel year, I think. <laughs> I, well, I think one I of the other so. differences is that now there, uh, most of the stuff that was made during pandemic restrictions, right, has now been released. So right, they're able right. to make it more under more ideal circumstances. Right. So right. I do think that's legitimate. Yep. So. so. All right. Much more to talk about on the I, podcast. I got to run. Um, yep. Kevin, fun talking to you as always. Clark. Yes. We man. love you. We missed you. Yeah. I guess we'll I guess we'll close applications for your role and, and we'll keep you. Um, feel better, brother. I just can't believe how much we agreed on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and all of my technology worked the first time. Oh. Uh, we start 2023 with a lot of peace. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> peace agreement. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Anyway, well, listeners, um, yeah. thanks, thanks for listening. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, do all the things with Thanos the Theos podcast. And um, if you have topics to suggest or questions to ask, you yes, know where to please. find us on Instagram yes. and. And all the things. So yeah, find us there. I know we also say this all the time, but we do really want to be more consistent with episodes this year. So that's one of the reasons why Mike and I are recording by ourselves, even though we miss Clark. This is our, this yeah. is our first two-person episode. Yeah, and clearly we're fumbling around a lot. This is amazing. <laughs> Everyone needs to comment and be like, uh, "That was some glorious chaos right there." <laughs> Clark, we missed you, but that was yes. some glorious chaos. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next time. Keep washing those hands. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thanos to Theos, part of the Rooted Network family of podcasts. For more resources designed to equip and encourage you to faithfully disciple students towards lifelong faith in Jesus Christ, be sure to find Rooted on the web at www.rootedministry.com.